Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. So let me uh, start this morning a little different than we normally would. This morning I want to start with your participation, okay? So uh, your participation will be in the form of one of two actions. Either you'll sit there like you are right now when I ask the question, or you will answer the question in the affirmative way of raising at least one hand to the question that is asked. So here's the question. How many of you, when you need medicine, physical medicine, Okay, the, you've gone to the doctor. The doctor has stated you need this medicine so that you can get better and get on with your life. Okay, you go to the pharmacy, you pay for the medicine. You know the amount of medicine you need to take. They give you the amount of pills or liquid for you to take. How many of you actually will follow through and take the medicine? How many? I mean, you went to the doctor, and the doctor said you needed this medicine. Everybody raise your hand if you will take the medicine. Okay, keep your hands raised for just a second. Everyone who will not take the medicine, look at the example that you need to follow. Okay, you can put your hands down. Second question. That deals with a physical illness, or problem. How many of us, how many of us will take the spiritual medicine when we know the need that is there? How many of us will take the spiritual medicine? And I ask that question as we are about to read this passage because I believe this passage is spiritual medicine for every single one of us. Um, this week I had the opportunity to uh, um, sit down in front of uh, about seven men that um, I look up to in ministry uh, in a number of ways. Seven men who are leading nationally known churches or nationally known organizations. And um, I just had the opportunity to sit at their feet this week and learn uh, for a couple of days. And one of those men pastors a large church down in South Florida. It is a family church, and there are numerous campuses to this. His name is Jimmy Scroggins, and Jimmy Scroggins just absolutely train wrecked me as he preached and as he uh, opened God's Word and God broke through my heart and my life in such a way that, hey, there was some spiritual illness, some spiritual disease inside of me that God's Word was used as medicine. And um, I believe the passage in front of us this morning is a similar type of passage for you and me. I'm going to reread the passage. I know that um, Andrew read it for us earlier, but as I read this passage again, here, here's what I want you to think about. 
I want you to think about your spiritual health. I want you to think about your life as a Christian right now. The ups and downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I want us to focus on some medicine. So, verses will be on the screen, also hopefully in uh, your lap as you look at your copy of God's Word. And I'm going to read for us James chapter 1, starting in verse 19 down through the end of the chapter, verse 27. Know this, know this, my beloved brothers, some translations state, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness all rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness, with humility, some translations state, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and and goes away at once, forgets what he's like. Verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts He will be blessed in his doing. And James closes out with these two verses. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans, and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Heavenly Father, as we uh, spend these moments, just as Alex prayed and just a moment ago of you softening our hearts, Father, I have been praying similar prayers this week that As your word is spoken this morning, our hearts, Father, my heart would be soft to hear, to allow your word to to stick in my life, in my heart, in our lives, so that we would walk right. Father, this this is medicine for me. This is medicine for us in our spiritual lives. The hurts, the, the wrongs, the callous actions and attitudes. 
God, would you draw us close to you? Use your word this morning to, uh, to wash us, cleanse us, so that you might use us this week. I ask it in Christ's name, amen. In front of us is the closing remarks of the first chapter of the letter or the epistle that James wrote, titled The Message, Living Out the Word. Just for the record, I, uh, I am one who will take medicine. I will take physical medicine a lot easier and more quickly than I will take spiritual medicine. But in front of us this morning is some spiritual medicine, and I believe that we see three different portions of that medicine. Um, I thought that uh, it was a glorious day, and it was a glorious day when finally Mary Morgan, she's not here this morning, but when Mary Morgan would actually swallow a peel, it, it was a glorious day in my house because when that happened, the youngest person in the house, you could just tell them, hey, go get some medicine and take it. You'll feel better. And then the Lord has blessed uh, these last few days with a youngster. And even this morning, he did not want to take the medicine that would help him feel better. And would throw a fit because he wasn't feeling better. Just take the medicine. So here's the medicine. The first portion that we see is found in verses uh, 19 down through verse 21. The desired attribute for one's life is given. If there was one characteristic in a believer's life, if there was one characteristic or one attribute, if you could be like one thing or have one entity, one item in your life, this attribute is shown or is given in these verses. I'm going to read the verses for you and see if you can pick out the attribute. Know this, my beloved brothers, let, let every person be quick to hear. Let, let every person be slow to speak. Some of us would say that's, that's it. That's the one that folks need to have. Let every person be slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, put away all kinds of wickedness, or put away rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness or humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That attribute is the righteousness of God. Every single believer if there's one attribute that you should have, that you should portray, that should come flooding through your skin, your voice, your actions, your life, it is the righteousness of God. Put it another way, Peter stated it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. He said, hey, this is what you should be. Be holy as I am holy. How I act, Jesus states, how I act, God states, is how you ought to act. 
And if you act the way I act, you'll have my righteousness living in and through you. Know this, beloved brothers and sisters. Your anger, my anger, you not listening, you speaking way too much, Brian, you being angry, it does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you want to produce the righteousness of God, verse 21, put away all filthiness and all kinds of wickedness and receive, receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. James tells his readers, and he tells you and me the same thing. If you want to look like God, It's very simple. One, you should look like God. You should want to look like God because you are a follower of His as a believer. Beloved brothers and sisters, if this is what you want, if you want to follow Him, you want to look like Him, here's what you must do. Shut your mouth. Open your ears. Don't let people irritate you and get angry because those things, if you open your mouth a lot and close your ears and you get angry, Brian Tillman and others, then you're not going to produce righteousness of God. You're not going to portray it in the workplace, at the house, to the person in the mirror that we're going to talk about in just a second. You're not going to do that. So to do that, to have this attribute in you, open your ears and listen, shut your mouth, and don't get angry. And when that happens, in your life and in my life, that attribute that is so needed begins to rise to the surface. You see how he closes that thought out in verse number 21? For this to happen, therefore, is the statement, therefore... For this to happen, for you to produce the righteousness of God, for you to have that attribute in your life, you've got to put away all filthiness. You've got to put away all different kinds of wickedness. And you've got to receive with humility the implanted word. I did did a word study on that word implanted. That's a unique word. It's the only time that it is used in all of Scripture is right here in James chapter 1. Implanted. It means to be born with. It means to have a natural occurrence. It means that it is there. You're like, okay, what's he getting at then, Brian? Thank you for asking. Here's what he's getting at. As a believer... You need something. And that thing that you need is the righteousness of Almighty God. And God knows that you need that, so therefore, even before you became a believer, He implanted it in you. And when you became a believer, it's right there. It's ready for you. It's there. It is natural for you. You're like, "Uh, well, I'll tell you what's natural for me. What's natural for me is to be angry when somebody goes against me. What's what's natural for me is for me to open my mouth and close my ears. And you are correct. Because that is your nature in Adam. As a human being, 
You were born with this nature. It's a sin nature. Students have it. Adults have it. Parents have it. Kids have it. Every single human being has that nature. But when you became a believer and you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you got a new nature. And with that new nature, there was something implanted in that nature. And that was His righteousness. And he says to you and me in this passage right here, hey, it's implanted. This word is implanted in you and it will save your souls. So allow it to come to the top. The old Indian proverb was this, that you have two wolves. You have a white wolf and a black wolf. Which wolf's going to feed? Which wolf's going to live, excuse me, the one that you feed? You have two natures in you. You have the sin nature and you have the nature of the living God. Which one's going to live? The one that you feed? The one that I feed? The attribute is given. It is stated. It is the righteousness of God. There are negative examples and positive examples that he builds his argument on for that to come out in your life. All kinds of evil. All kinds of wickedness. You and I partake in it. You and I see it. That filthiness and wickedness is a part of our lives. We allow it to seep in. We allow it to just come in. And he says, get rid of it. And when you get rid of that, you will see the righteousness of God. But there's a second portion to this medicine. Not only do we see that that attribute is given or it's shown, a second portion is in verses 22 down through verse 25, and it states this, that action is needed for righteousness to be a part of your life. Students, this happened uh, this past week at my house as I'm driving Mary Morgan back to the house after school. She said, hey, I've got a uh, chemistry test tomorrow. And uh, that chemistry test, uh, I said, well, do you know what to study? She said, yes, I know what to study. I was like, good. You know how to make 100 then? She's like, well, I don't know about that. I was like, no, the the teacher gave you what to study, right? Yes, sir. You know what to do to make 100 then. Next day, pick her up. What'd you make? Next subject? Nope. Nope, this subject. What'd you make? Was not 100. I was like, why? She gave her excuse. I said, no, the teacher told you yesterday what you needed to study so that you could make a hundred. Yes, sir. So you didn't study. Well, I, oh, this is going to be good. Action is needed on your half. Action is needed on my side. We know. He just told us. He just told us how the attribute is to be in your life. It's implanted in your life. It's there. If you are a believer, sir, ma'am, if you are a believer, you have the implanted word in you. It's a part of your new nature. And when that implanted word, which is in you as a believer, 
does not have all the filthiness and the wickedness that you and I like to hang around in, it just shows itself. And what it shows is his righteousness. Look there in verse 22 down through verse 25. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you're doing that, you're deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and he goes away. And at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, means continues, possibly even struggling with that law. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Now, this morning when I got ready, um, I, I looked at the mirror and I said, I know what I'm preaching on. And I almost just didn't wash my face, didn't brush my teeth, didn't comb my hair just to come up here and say, do you see what this looks like? It, it, it looks terrible. Didn't wipe the the sleepy out of my eyes. It, it looks terrible. If you get close enough without me brushing my teeth, it, it smells terrible. And that's like all of us when all we do is look at this word. We hear the word, but we don't put into practice what the word states. You and I went to the doctor, spiritually speaking. He showed us what the end result is. Hey, if you want to get healthy, here's what you're going to look like. You're going to look like the righteousness of Almighty God. You've got His nature in you, and when you are healthy spiritually, here's what you look like. You look like Him. But there's some action that must be taken. You've got to take the medicine, because if you don't, you're like this guy who is a hearer of the Word only. He looks at himself in the mirror, and he tends to believe that oh, okay, everything's fine and dandy, and he just goes about his day and forgets that he didn't shave, forgets that he didn't comb his hair, didn't wash his face. We forget that. If you and I don't do the Word, obey what the Word has to say for our lives. Third and final portion as we see this medicine. We see a final example, and at face value, you and I might read verse 26 and 27 and see this and say, man, that's so simple. It's so easy. It's just right there. And I would agree. But if you take it in and you chew it for just a moment... Hopefully we will take it in and chew it for just a few moments. This medicine has some substance, has some weight, and it might not taste great, but it will bring health to our bodies. Verse 26 and 27, he closes out the passage this way. If anyone thinks he's religious... And he doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion 
that is pure and undefiled. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James writes in the first century to a group of, of believers that, um, that, that don't have the same definition of religion that you and I might find ourselves in today. It has been a popular way to differentiate between Christianity and all other religions in the world by stating this, that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. And so if you understand that and you look at these verses, one might say, well, religion, Christianity is a religion. No, Christianity is a relationship. So how can you and I bring this into context in our understanding of these terms. If anyone thinks that he is a follower of Christ, verse 26 might read, and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious activity or this person's relationship with Jesus is worthless because you following Christ, your religion here, Religion that is pure and you're following Christ that is pure and undefiled before God the Father. It's this, that you visit orphans and widows in their affliction and you keep yourself unstained from the world. Looking at those two verses, one might jump to the conclusion of this, that hey, I've got two boxes to check. If I check those two boxes, everything's great. I love that, if that were the case. Just tell me what you want me to do. Lay it right there. Give me four boxes to check, and we're good. Twelve boxes to check. I'm okay with that if you don't move the boxes. James isn't talking about checking boxes, though. It's not, hey, if you, if you checked in with the widows and you checked in with the orphans and you kept yourself, check, check, let's go about our day and do whatever we want. No. As James writes these words to a group of believers in the first century who are paying with their lives, who are seeing their homes taken away from them because of others in their city who will not allow them to work because of their new belief, who will not sell them food because of their belief, who will not allow them to sell their goods because of their belief, who is seeing their whole lives taken away from them because of their faith in Christ, he says to them, hey, if this is true in you, if you are a follower of Jesus, here is pure and undefiled fellowship. Take care of those 
who are needy. And don't have anything to do whatsoever with any wickedness that's around you. Visiting orphans and widows. If I were to ask you to participate once again and raise your hand, if you were an orphan or if you are a widow, most in the room would not raise our hands. As I thought about those two types of people, I, I just kept going back to Luke chapter 15. I, I don't have them have the verses on the screen, but I just kept going back to those three parables of Jesus. The first parable was about a shepherd who had some sheep and he had a hundred sheep and he ran them all through and so he was counting one, two, three, 97, 98, 99. Where's a hundred? So I just think that he brought them all back out of the pen and he ran back through. Maybe I missed them as they were running through one, two, three, four, five, 97, 98, 99. And he left the 99 to go after the one. The second parable there in chapter 15 is of a woman who had 10 gold coins and she started counting them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What happened to the tenth one? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What happened to the tenth one? And she took everything out of the house until she found the tenth coin. Her priorities changed. All the things that were on her list to do for the day, all the things that were on the shepherd's list to do after he got all the sheep in the pen, you know, before he can close his day out, it changed when he couldn't find the one sheep. It changed when she couldn't find the one coin. Your father in heaven says this, I have some children and I have some treasure. They are orphans and they are widows. And your priorities, River Bend, need to change. Until all those orphans and widows are right here in the family. It doesn't matter how many boxes are checked or need to be checked for your week. Brian, there are some sons and daughters of our king. that need to come home. So let me close with a couple of questions for us. No show of hands, just allow the questions to enter the gray matter of our minds. The medicine has been laid out in front of us. Spiritually speaking, the medicine has been laid out. What, what do you think about the medicine? I don't like the taste of the medicine, Brian. That was Tyler this morning. The medicine will help you get healthy. Question. 
Do you want the gospel to go out to the nations? There is some 7 billion people. Generous estimates. 5.8 billion to 6.2 billion of those people do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord. 7.8 billion people in the world. 5.8 to 6.2 billion generous numbers don't claim Jesus as Savior or Lord. Do you want the gospel to go out to the nations? I believe everyone who is a believer here would say, of course. Of course I want the gospel to go out to the nations. Second question. Do you want the church that you are attending at this moment to fill up, to have new folks to come in, And be a part of what God is doing here. There are a number of empty black seats in the room. Do we want the church to fill up? Do we want to see River Bend grow? Most of us in the room would say, well, sure, yeah, we do in theory, yeah. Yeah. We we want to see Hernando Impacted with the gospel. But in practice, maybe you and I find ourselves reading James chapter 1 in our minds this way. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, that anyone who thinks like us, anyone who smells like us, anyone who looks like us, anyone who has the same likes as us, anyone who worships like us, anyone who you fill in the blank like us, this week I was reminded that um, Hernando is not like me. The city that I live in is not like me. Because seven in ten of those that live in the city that I live in don't come into a room like this on a weekly basis like I do. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten of those that live in Hernando, state, I'm good on my own. I don't need him to tell me what to do. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I'm good. And I get in my car from my house and drive to this place five days this week. And I get in my car and drive back to my house Do I care about them? Do do you care about them? For you and me to have a healthy relationship with our Father, He says you better care about Him because I do. He says you better reach out to Him because I want them. They are a part of my family. They just don't know it yet. Pure and undefiled religion. Pure relationship with our Father is this. 
when you and I will reach out to those that don't have a history like ours. Orphans. Who don't possibly at this moment have a present like ours. Widows. Who don't smell like us. Who don't look like us. Who don't have the same beliefs as us at this moment. So that you and I might share with them that they might have a future like us. Because that's all that the Father wants, is for everyone to understand the future that He has for us because of the price that He paid. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Helps the medicine go down. If there is any sugar, and there is, think about the future. Think about the future that He has for us forever and ever and ever in His presence, forever and ever with the King. Heavenly Father, I pray. I pray for myself. I pray for this body. God, there are thousands Thousands within just a few miles of us at this very moment that don't look like us, that don't smell like us, that don't talk like us, that don't have the beliefs like us, that you desire for them to know who we know. Father, I pray that we would take our medicine and we would understand the attribute that you want us to have, the righteousness of you, for it to be shown and be seen in the workplace, at the house, at the red light, at the grocery store, at the ball field in the classroom, wherever we go, that we might demonstrate our nature in You that You have implanted in us. Father, I love You and I thank You for, um, for all that You've done for me, for us. Jesus, thank You for taking my place on the cross. I never have nor will I ever deserve what You've done. But thank You. The invitation is uh, very simple for us this morning. The invitation for you and for me is allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart and your life in such a way. It's implanted in us. Sir, ma'am, allow that Word to grow. Whether you respond where you are, whether you respond silently at the altar, whether you need to come and pray with me, whatever, as we stand and as we sing, you respond. Alex? You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.